0: progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law
1: i'm tim fitzgerald of gopowercat.com and i'm scott chasen this is a replay of wibw show
2: the drive here's this week's episode on the 24 7 sports podcast network
1: Wildcat and Jayhawk fans and welcome to The Drive sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I am Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com and the man across the studio for me is Scott Chasen. Scott, last last week everyone won mm-hmm. and this, this week wasn't as good. Yeah. Just not, not nearly as fun. Not- the show won't be as much fun.
2: It never is. Uh, no, but last week you're right, good week and this week if you count moral victories maybe Half a good week, I don't know. We'd have to do some math on that. I'm I'm
1: into moral victories. You can interact with us on social media at facebook.com slash The Drive Show, on Twitter at The Drive 13, and of course answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our Twitter page. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of The Drive, you can listen to an audio-only version that will appear each monday morning in the form of a podcast at gopowercat.com and we start things off with our two-minute drill the two-minute drill is sponsored by vanderbilt's your work boot center well if
2: it's k-state had won four straight entering saturday's game with baylor sum up what went wrong in the wildcats 20 to 10 loss
1: well i'll start with this baylor's a really good football team they're playing at a high level I can't explain why they lost two weeks ago to TCU but now they've beaten them back-to-back games Oklahoma and one at Kansas State and I thought the Bears are just they're they're just really sound they've got a terrific defense and the offense was doing whatever uh, it needed just to get by with a win because Kansas State's defense played pretty well in this game now it was kind of a weird game for K-State they never really find a rhythm you know the the first time they get to touch the ball Phillip Brooks muffs a punt and gives Baylor a touchdown and really they were in trouble from that point on. You can't fall behind with a mistake against a really good team. And K-State had its moments, Deuce Vaughn broke a long run, uh, Gary Bohannon that tremendous Baylor quarterback had to go out late in the uh, second quarter, eventually Skyler Thompson had to go out. It was a physical game. Both of these defenses got after the other team pretty well. It felt like an old school Big 8 football game really would when defense would kind of rule the day. But uh, Kansas State just wasn't exact enough, wasn't good enough, and honestly, Baylor's better. And they needed to get Baylor to make some mistakes, and that just didn't happen through the course of this game. The Bears are in a really unique position now. They've got the win over Oklahoma. They need Oklahoma State to beat Oklahoma, and of course the Bears need a win, and they will join Oklahoma State in the Big 12 title game. And that would be very deserving and very interesting as someone who covers the Big 12 and will continue it After Oklahoma and Texas leave, Kansas State, meanwhile, falls to seven and four. Uh, This is a good team, but it's clearly a middle of the pack team in the Big 12. They've now lost four games in the conference, and all four of those teams are above K State in the standings right now. So they really have beaten everyone they should be beating, and that will carry over into Saturday's, or excuse me, Friday's game Mm -hmm. at uh, Texas, where they take on a a beleaguered bunch of Longhorns who now are four and seven. We will see if K State can get back on the winning ways and I got to tell you I had Scott I had K State winning eight games at the start of the season mm-hmm. that was my prediction so uh, that win at Texas is important for me personally <laughs> and uh, I hope everyone appreciates how important it is for me me not just the team me
2: yeah well maybe they'll put your initials on a jersey patch no, or something that'd no be look, nice <laughs> I, I think the thing about Baylor we all kind of sort of were trying to figure out how good this Baylor team was, especially early in the year. They had some really impressive results. Some of the stuff didn't feel maybe as sustainable, but then turned out they're just a pretty good football team. I don't think there's any shame, and I think you're on board with this. No shame in Kansas State for losing this one. I think, like you said, a physical game that, you know, maybe a team that's just a little bit better right now won.
1: Yep, exactly. They, the lose special teams really sticks out for K-State fans. They, they did not perform well in that area. Well, Scott, Kansas stuck with quarterback Jaden Daniels. They listened to me, apparently, <laughs> and nearly took down TCU. What did you see from the Jayhawks this weekend?
2: Well, they were competitive. They fought. Now, I guess the question was, what did I see? And that was a struggle if you were watching the ESPN broadcast. The cameras had a fun time following the ball and staying focused. But uh, look, well, there's one of those plays. That's not the guy with the ball, by the way. Jalen Daniels is at the bottom of your screen. Look, Jalen Daniels is a confident kid who has grown a lot through this year. And I think it's really interesting that at the start of camp, going back to you know August or whenever, We were hearing that Jalen Daniels was still a little skittish because he played behind that horrible Kansas offensive line a year ago uh, where he was sacked more than basically any quarterback ever and on a per game basis more than any quarterback ever in power five uh, history essentially for how much he played. This is a Jalen Daniels that has grown from not only last year but from that camp who has learned to trust his line who has learned to trust his receivers who has learned to trust his weapons and. We're kind of finding out that he has a lot of them. Jared Casey was not a one-hit wonder. He had a one-handed catch that was really impressive. He had a touchdown in this game. Uh, Kansas was up 14-7, and then things started to go wrong. TCU tacked on a few scores. It's 28-14. Well, the Kansas defense stepped up with two big stops in the fourth quarter. The Kansas offense came to life and marched down the field. Jalen Daniels led a couple of touchdown drives. Uh, Luke Grimm had an incredibly impressive touchdown catch where he's getting hit, thrown to the ground in a crowd of multiple guys, and still manages to hold on the ball even while getting injured on the play. So uh, for Kansas to complete that comeback, tie the game, I thought that was impressive. Obviously, there were some questions about timeout usage in the fourth quarter, and I'm not going to give Lance Leipold too hard of a time uh, mostly because I thought Kansas, generally speaking, had an okay game plan. And, you know, it's, it's been an adjustment because Kansas isn't now just coaching and dealing with, you know, the, the plays and everything that you deal with on a week-to-week basis. There's some management that's going on with this team about personalities, people blending together, injuries, replacements, scheme for the future, and then also what happens going into the spring. Jason Bean appeared in this game, not at quarterback, but at running back. Jason Bean is not Kansas's best running back. He's not their best option at receiver or anywhere you want to throw him out. But they've got to find a way to keep both those guys, him and Jalen Daniels, on the roster, happy competing. They've got to find a way to keep the spirits of everyone else up. And so, again, for Kansas to fall behind, to give up those touchdowns, and then come back, I thought that was pretty impressive.
1: Well, uh, if you have a really good quarterback, and and I don't just mean in talent or skill or playmaking, Mm -hmm. just someone that everyone believes in, your whole team's better. It's amazing what a good quarterback will do, and we're seeing it with Kansas right now.
2: Yeah, And, and he did have some shaky moments, had a pick, had another ball that probably should have been picked, but... End of the game, you need to go on some drives for scores, two touchdown drives in the, you know, late in that game. I don't know many Kansas quarterbacks that could have done something like that. So it was impressive.
1: Very good. With Saturday's loss to West Virginia, Texas will not be bowl eligible for the third time in the last seven seasons. Scott, just how far has that program? Fallen. (laughs) That's pretty good.
2: Yeah, well, look, I I think Texas has dropped a long way, and I'm not obviously putting that all on Sark. I think this has been something in the making, really going back to like Charlie Strong. But look, Texas was a program that used to have 10-win season after 10-win season, competed for national championships. This isn't news to anyone. It's just been a while, so I feel like I actually need to say it uh, in case you're like in your 20s and you're like, yeah, Texas used to be good once long ago. Texas's quarterback situation has very much been kind of a microcosm of where this program is, which is there was one direction and then there was another direction and now there's just no direction. Uh, You know, watching from the outside, you don't want to say players have quit or they're not playing for a coach a certain way or they don't care a certain way. But as this year has gone on and you've heard stories or I guess in some cases seen video of uh, players not necessarily reacting to coaching great This season has just turned into a mess, and it's turned into kind of a worst case scenario for a program that is still very talented. You know Texas has uh, probably elite talent, certainly elite prospects at just about every position on the roster because that's the machine that is Texas football and the way they've recruited. Now it's on that coaching staff to figure this game out because losing to West Virginia like they did in the game that they needed to become bowl eligible at the end of this year, coming off that embarrassing loss for them to Kansas, you would have expected them to show up with some great fight and vigor and really you know, go out and, and make a statement in this game. Uh, I find it kind of, maybe not shocking, but uh, very surprising to see you know, where Texas was competing with Oklahoma, dominating that game early, and that kind of being the game that broke them. Very interested. I don't expect Sark to be fired uh, at the end of this year, at least at this point, but I do think next year is probably in some regards make or break for him, which it's crazy to think about considering where Texas was probably a decade ago.
1: You know, Scott, uh, right before I came over to record tonight, I finished up my post-game review podcast that also appears Mondays at Mm -hmm. GoPowerCat.com. And uh, Brian Hanley and I decided that if I'm Sark, I go to my team on Sunday or early Monday, and I bring in the administrative assistant or whomever's in charge of the transfer portal at Texas and say, if you're not in, if you don't wanna be here next year and you know it, here's your person, go talk to them right now. The rest of you, we're gonna go play Kansas State and I play everyone that isn't gonna burn a red shirt. I'm gonna play everyone that wants to play and I'm gonna find out who's in and who's out. Yeah. Because they gotta figure that out. Because guys aren't in, they're just not in. Mm-hmm and it's pretty it's almost comical to watch now a quick look at your poll question results the poll questions are brought to you by midland exteriors love the home You live in, call today for a free estimate. Well,
2: last week's question was, which Big 12 team is having the most disappointing season? We go to the results, you had four options, Oklahoma, Iowa State, TCU, and Texas. Most people, about half, 48%, said Texas, followed by Iowa State, 43%. TCU and Oklahoma, people kind of rolling with them. TCU, 7%, Oklahoma, only 2%. Who
1: do you have answered there?
2: You know, I, I would have been tempted to say Oklahoma, but uh, look, they only have one loss
1: at this point. I would have probably gone Iowa State. Yeah, that's who I would have picked because I don't care about Texas. <laughs> this week's question is this. Who would you take if Oklahoma played Cincinnati, this is football, on a neutral field? A, Oklahoma, B, Cincinnati, C, the Big 12 reps. That's actually not one of the answers. Vote on our Twitter page at the Drive 13
2: Well, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KU and K-State
0: well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: Welcome back as we continue the drive. And here's our weekly two-minute drill. Two-minute drill sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Well, basketball season really gets
2: rolling for Kansas State when the Wildcats play Monday and Tuesday in the Hall of Fame Classic at T-Mobile Center in Kansas City. Almost said Sprint Center there. Uh, The Wildcats play Arkansas on Monday and then either Illinois or Cincinnati on Tuesday. Fitz, is K-State ready for this challenge, potential Big 12 challenge?
1: Uh, No, let's move on to the next topic. No, look, they've had two games so far this year against lesser competition. They haven't absolutely blown out anyone. But you can tell this team's better. So they're still trying to figure out, you know, all the right mixes and who needs to play with whom, and it's it's going to be a process. So I don't know if they're quite ready for this this test against a really good Arkansas team that can get up and down. I mean, if they mess around, Arkansas will just blow them off the court. And then that second game is just fascinating to me. It doesn't matter if they win or lose. I mean, they're going to have a really good opponent Cincinnati. Future Big 12 team, that's interesting. And of course, Brad Underwood's Illinois team. Uh, that's also very interesting with the crossover of the K-State grad coaching Illinois and the former Illinois coach coaching K-State. I don't think that'll happen. I think I think Kansas State will probably lose to Arkansas and play Cincinnati in the second game. But what a great measurement for K-State early in the season to take on two really good opponents on a neutral court and I think it will be mostly neutral because I don't think it I don't think there'll be tons of K State fans there there'll be a majority or a plurality of fans will be K State but I don't think this will be a huge seller because K State fans just aren't bought in quite yet which is a shame because I think this group is going to be kind of fun to watch will they be radically better than last year well they'll be better but I don't think they'll be so good that they're going to be knocking on the door of the NCAA tournament. We'll find out, and this weekend, or excuse me, this Monday and Tuesday will take us a long ways down that road of discovery, but in the next few weeks they play some Sunday games, including a couple weeks down the road where they go to Wichita State, and I just love that they're going to play the Shockers. I, I'm caut- cautiously optimistic about this basketball season. Not that I think it'll be great, my, my bar now is set at tolerable. that maybe they'll be more tolerable to watch, but we will see. Maybe they pull off a big win in Kansas City.
2: Yeah, tolerable is always a good bar, just in any walk of life. But I, I love the idea of playing teams um, that are maybe comparable, maybe slightly better, and just kind of measuring yourself early on. I love the adjustment that Kansas has made, or I guess all the teams in the Champions Classic have made, with playing that as the opener. I, it can be nice to get a game first, but sometimes it's just kind of cool to see, okay, you had your offseason, now measure yourself, and
1: Kansas State is obviously doing something similar. Very good. Yep, Scott, KU basketball defeated Stony Brook, which be careful crossing that. I mean, because <laughs> there's st- never mind. By 29 in the final game before Jalen Wilson returns, from suspension, what will he bring to the Jayhawks? Well,
2: he'll bring a whole lot of questions, but they're good questions to have because as we've talked about on this show, Kansas has a lot of depth. Now, look, Jalen Wilson is probably Kansas's best defensive rebounder. Certainly that proved to be the case as last year went on. He offers a scoring threat, especially from uh, three-point range. He offers size and versatility. He can play the five. He should help this team play faster because he's someone who can grab a rebound, get the ball in transition, and go. But I talk about questions just because of how well Kansas has played and how well the, the pieces have started to fit together so far. Oshai Abaji is on fire to start the year. You don't want to call a guy uh, first-team All-American three games into the season, but Fitz, if they canceled the season and decided to end it after three games, he would absolutely be don't that don't and a that. national player of the no. year. And would be sad, though, for the rest of the yes. team. Uh, The big man position for Kansas hasn't always produced a lot. Zach Clements, though, came out in the last game, drilled a bunch of threes, looked super impressive, had, I want to say, 11 points in just a few minutes. He's been uh, someone that I think Kansas didn't expect to be able to rely upon as much as they are this early. And even then, it's like spot minutes where he just heats up and hits a few shots. Guard positions, still kind of some question marks, but again, that's why Jalen Wilson helps so much. He's kind of this reliable scorer, rebounder, do everything sort of guy that if he shows improvement defensively, you know, now it's just less that you have to worry about. It doesn't necessarily improve the ceiling of this Kansas team because Kansas' is ceiling, frankly, with or without Jalen Wilson, that's a good basketball team. That's a potential final four caliber basketball team. What it does is it really improves the floor. You think about a guy like Christian Brown. He's been a little inconsistent to start the year, but definitely I'd say more good than bad. Well, if he's having an off night, you don't need to rely on him that much. You think about a guy like K.J. Adams, who is really only playing situationally at the five when guys are in foul trouble or maybe for for a matchup. Now you've got a veteran in Jalen Wilson that you probably trust a little bit more to hold down that position. And even someone like Remy Martin, who seems to be dealing with some back trouble or maybe a minor injury that he picked up. Well, if you don't have his scoring punch, again, you have another score there. So I think he helps Kansas a lot, but they have to figure out the rotation
1: and how all the pieces will fit. Yeah, uh, he's hurt because of all those buckets. <laughs> he's got so many buckets that he probably hurt himself. <laughs> and now we step out of bounds. And Out of Bounds is brought to you by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years. Well, Fitz, the
2: Kansas City Chiefs faced the Dallas Cowboys earlier today. We saw the Chiefs hold on to win that one. Any thoughts on where they sit after that contest?
1: You know, first of all, that was a nice win for Kansas City because we're seeing adjustments being made by the Chiefs that, you know, they were in such big trouble. And now I think they've won four in a row. And a big part of that was their defense stunk. And now it's playing pretty good. They, they throttled the Cowboys, held them without a touchdown. And offensively, they did a nice job of adjusting. People want to take away that deep threat. Well, they're just going to nickel and dime me underneath. And they may not get the huge blowouts, but wins are wins. And I'm glad that Andy Reid has finally settled in and decided, we're just going to take what the defense <laughs> wants to give us. And they're going to give us points eventually. It's, it was good to see, it looked like a solid Chiefs team that is back and we'll see if they can make a run and get it together and take it to the Super Bowl again.
2: There was definitely some complimentary football and that started with the 9-0 lead, which Dallas actually got the ball first and then fell behind 9-0 after each team had two possessions, which is never <laughs> a good sign if you are that team. Yeah, I thought Kansas City controlled the game probably more than the score and that's how you end up with yeah. a win like that. Yeah.
1: Missed an extra point, man, I hate that. Now let's hear from the fans. Our fan question is sponsored by Metal Arc supporting people and living their best lives.
2: Well, our fan question this week is, Fitz, listen to the podcast of every show from down here in texas you can do that by the way as mentioned so how important is this finale for the wildcats against the texas longhorns that is from joe in fort worth
1: well there's a huge difference for me between being an eight and four team and a seven and five team seven and five feels like you barely made it over the hump and eight and four feels like you were knocking on something tangible this k-state program isn't where it needs to be right now joe but uh it's getting there it's moving in the right direction and another eight-win season. So you'd have eight wins in his first season, eight wins in his third season with a weird COVID year and sandwiched in between. And it would kind of feel like a good reset for this program.
2: Yeah, if you're paying attention and you're a Kansas football fan, Fitz talking about seven wins barely getting over the hump, I think uh, if Lance Leibold could put together a season like that, people would be very happy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, anyway, remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. And when we return, we will look at our predictions here on The Drive.
1: Welcome back as we head down the home stretch of this week's show. Now it's time to look at our predictions. Remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page at the Drive Thirteen. And here are last week's results. That's right, the viewers closed the gap a little bit. Scott went two and one. Mm-hmm. I went one and two, so it closed up the standings a little bit. And now this week's p- picks start with West Virginia minus fifteen and a half at. Kansas. Scott, I'm going to let you pick. Fitz, this is a tough line because you could very
2: easily see West Virginia winning a game like this. Maybe a little bit more low scoring than what Kansas has been playing by 17 or so, but I will take Kansas. Kansas trending up at the right time.
1: Yeah, I'm going to bank on West Virginia needing this game, needing a win to be bowl eligible, and I think they'll come out and be definitive mm-hmm. and win by 16 or more. Well, next is Kansas State plus two and a half at Texas. Fitz, who you got? I got the cats. I. I'll talk about the quarterback situation in a moment, but I don't see K-State losing this game.
2: I've got a weird Texas vibe yeah. on this one. I think it's interesting that Texas opened as a favorite here, just with how
1: things are going. So I'll take Texas. We'll see. I'm kind of weirded out that the, there was a line. Mm-hmm. It seems like with a significant quarterback injury, that's a game they would wait on, but yeah. they didn't. Our last game of the week is Oklahoma as a pick'em against Oklahoma State. Made it easy. Mm-hmm. I'm going with the Cowboys. I'm thinking with my heart on that one. I will
2: take Oklahoma just because I'm still not sure. I, Oklahoma State's defense is legit. Their That's offense right. is improving, and their run game is good. But I just don't know if they're ready to get to this point where they clearly assert themselves as the best team in the yep. conference. I'll take Oklahoma. We will Oklahoma.
1: see. Got to beat those Sooners. Again, make your picks on our Twitter page at TheDrive13. Now it's time for our On the Clock segment. On the Clock is sponsored by Carpet One by Local for a strong local community. Scott, take it away. Well,
2: Kansas, as the season has gone on, football, I mean, has dealt with a whole bunch of injuries at important positions like quarterback, running back, which at one point they were down six names, and we don't really know the status of Devin Neal at this point. Tight end, Kansas down a couple names, receiver, and that extends really all over the field, especially on defense too. That's where the transfer transfer portal, at least in my view, really hurts a program like Kansas. Maybe it's not that you lost that one generational player. Maybe you have enough to kind of fill in the the gaps like I think Kansas does and has done. But then you lose your depth, and when those names go down, you need guys to step up. Sometimes it works like Jared Casey. Other times, not so much.
1: Well, Skylar Thompson got hurt towards the end of Saturday's game, and the question becomes, will he be able to play at Texas? My guess is no, but we haven't heard for sure. And the the quandary for K-State is Will Howard has played four games and they wanted to redshirt Will Howard and four games is the maximum to get that redshirt. He shouldn't have played at Kansas basically. So will they roll with Will Howard and pull that redshirt at Texas? If Skyler's not ready to go, you gotta play Will and that's how it works. That's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We will see you next week right here and all week on social media.